for everything there is a season and a time for every matter under heaven. A time to be born and a time to die. A time to plant and a time to pluck up what is planted. A time to kill and a time to heal. A time to break down and a time to build up. A time to weep and a time to laugh. A time to mourn and a time to dance. A time to cast away stones and a time to gather stones together. A time to embrace and a time to refrain from embracing. A time to seek and a time to lose. A time to keep and a time to cast away. A time to tear and a time to sow. A time to keep silence and a time to speak. A time to love and a time to hate. A time for war and a time for peace. Welcome to the WEPC Discipleship Podcast, because the gospel changes everything. Hello! 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 (laughs) Hello! Great. Great times. Great times. Amen. Ecclesiastes 3, 1 through 8. There it is. Yeah. The great poem of Ecclesiastes. So we should say uh, thanks for being here for season two. <laughs> yes. Season Happy two. New Year. That's right. Season two of the WEPC Discipleship Podcast. Hey, yo. That's pretty awesome. It is. It is. We may, We didn't get canceled after season one. That's, That's right. So good. I know. The uh, producers did not yep. pull the plug. Yep. The, hi- the higher ups decided to stick with us for at least another uh, another season. Yes. Yeah. I'm and we get to study a book, which is fun. That's right. That's right. Yeah. I agree. And for people who maybe missed season one, who are we? I'm Sarah Tisdale. I'm here. I'm just here to talk about whatever's on my mind just kidding there you go yes yes as long as it's somewhat about ecclesiastes yeah there you go uh and i'm joe brown also here to talk a little bit about ecclesiastes and whatever uh whatever the holy spirit leads me to talk about there you go and you also happen to be an associate pastor yes yes also that (laughs) you are our content creator as well content creator yes let's let's say that it's a nice uh, little uh, side hustle job title. Yeah, there you go. Hashtag content creator. And I'm Gordon. I'm Gordon. here. I'm here to talk about the Bible and Jesus with yes. you guys. <laughs> Amen. And our, our main podcast producer, let's be honest. Yes. Gordon, yes. Gordon does a lot of stuff. I can add that to the resume. You're darn right. 100%. 100%. It's all meaningless. Yeah. Well, that is I'm true. That, that is incredibly true. It, it is true. I, I did have a hard time yesterday doing the very first book panel discussion. Sarah was there on that first one. Yes. Uh, if you want to see what I look like if you don't know me, there it is. There you go. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, it was hard to talk about how everything is meaningless when at the same time, 
I'm hoping Michael Keaton might show up. Uh, <laughs> you know, there's like a little bit of That's re- right. the Hulu miniseries Dope Sick was filming in and around our building at the exact same time as that very first. What? What? It's crazy. Batman is in the house. <laughs> yeah, I, was, I was really looking for my makeup artist to come like do my makeup. Right, right. <laughs> I was looking come. for the snack table. Yeah. <laughs> I'm sure it was there. I'll tell you what, when I did my little, my little bit of Homeland, when yeah. I was uh, an extra. Yeah. Um, the snack table was uh, pretty amazing, even for the extras. Wow. Like they had all kinds of goodies. So I'm sure the snack table was there. Yeah. Um, it's yeah, like they, a definite must have. They did bring catered lunches to the entire staff uh, oh. yesterday. I, nice. I, I, I sadly, I did not have any of it. I was not around at that moment, oh. but I could have had it if I wanted to. It's fine. Well, that was kind. Awesome. I know. It was very kind. Yeah. So do we know, so Michael Keaton is in town. Do you know who else? Is there any other uh, big names that are Yeah, Ros- Rosario Dawson. Yeah, Whoa. she's beautiful. Uh, yeah, Ahsoka. Come on, Gordon. No way. Yeah, R- Rosario Dawson. For our Star um, Wars fans out there. Exactly. Uh, um, Will Poulter, um, Eustace Scrub from yes. the uh, Dawn <gasps> Are yes. you serious? Yes, yes. Oh, man. There's some He's big still- names. Bill Skarsgård. All his enemies. Um, oh, huge. <laughs> yeah, Bill Skarsgård, who's uh, the monster it, Pennywise, from the yeah. it movies. A couple others that I, I, I saw and was like, oh, I recognize. Those are the only four names I really remember from looking at IMDb. But, wow. Yeah. Big names. But none of them were at our church yesterday. It was uh, a couple other other actors that I didn't recognize that mm. were there. So. Yeah. Well, I cannot wait to see our church on Netflix. Uh, yeah, right. In the yeah. Coming or Hulu, Hulu, Hulu. Oh, it's Hulu. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So cool. But it's well, all meaningless. It's, it's all, all meaningless. it's all vanity. It's all meaningless. Um, actually, very much vanity. Um, I, <laughs> I maybe Joe will talk about this. Um, you were talking about the Clark Gable yesterday at the panel, right before the panel, and I was, yeah, maybe we could talk about that. Um, yeah, with like what you know. Anyways. I'll just start with an opening question. How about that? Let's do it. Um, Love it. So we are, we're getting into Ecclesiastes. You know, we're in the, the poetry of a time for all things, you know. And so my question is, describe something in your life that feels futile, hopeless, or meaningless. I'm getting deep. Getting deep, yeah. <laughs> Real fast. Meaningless. <laughs> that is very fast. <laughs> dives deep real quick yeah you know feudal is an easy one for me to answer because i'm a parent of four individuals and uh i feel like the work i do as a discipler of these four people is feudal because they like me are just a bunch of sinners and they see we see each other at, at our worst and at our best, but most of the time, because we're sinners, it's at our worst. And so I just, you know, I just feel the drudgery and maybe, maybe even the hopelessness of parenting often. Like I pray for my kids. I pray for the future spouses of my kids every day. Um, mm-hmm. And I pray for my kids every day. And I just, 
but then like as soon as i finish praying i just am a jerk i'm i'm a i feel like i'm a terrible dad i feel like i'm making terrible choices and it just feels futile so that that, that would be my ease i mean that's not easy but that is right on the tip of my tongue of what feels futile to me hmm. yeah i can definitely uh definitely understand that <laughs> as, yeah as a parent as well. For me, I, everything just feels f- futile to me right now. <laughs> yeah. You right. know, uh, I, I don't want to get too far along here, but like somebody we talked or you guys were talking last night about just life like things like smoke. Um, mm-hmm. And it does. It feels like life has been incredibly difficult yeah. to just simply hold on to. It's always like that. But right. even more so, obviously, in 2020 and then coming into this year, um, I think as I think about that and I kind of like sort of break that down, I mean, work is obviously like always a big thing. It's always sort of in front of me. And um, that just kind of feels futile right now. Right. Like right. Uh, I'm just kind of there's a lot of things that feel like they're working I'm learning a lot of new things. And then there's a lot of stuff that just feels like I'm spinning my wheels. Right. And so, yeah, like there's, there just does feel like it just, it's hard to like get your hands around it. Hmm. Um, and I'm a hands-on person. <laughs> so I like to like get my hands on things and mm-hmm. uh, that feels like that it yeah. never happens. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Not to make light of it, but yeah. Yeah. I really a lot with that too. Um, this is going to sound kind of like trite and not as it comes out, but I think I have been thinking how futile it is to dust <laughs> lately. <laughs> like I really need yeah. to dust my house, like everything. And I <laughs> just know that it's going to turn back into the dusty yeah. thing that it is. Um, and I think that's, that's always something inside of me that's like the maintenance aspect um of life (laughs) i don't like it like i just want to do it once and it's done and i did it and i checked that off but it's like knowing that i'm gonna have to do that again in a week or two or a month or whatever you know it's like right oh our vacuum or what i mean it's just the like monotony of that kind of stuff that i'm like it would be nice to be a movie star and have all these things (laughs) done for me or whatever um there's almost like a hopelessness in me when i think about it it it, it sounds so small like it's just like cleaning like this is a thing and actually i love it when i do it when it's done i'm like that was nice it was actually like i get to participate in like the cleaning of the like you know if you can see the ordinary things as as meaningful you know um but i'm not even kidding it really is like something in my soul is just like gritting against that. Like just entering into the fact that there is a world that we have to clean and dust. And um, Mm -hmm. I don't know, all the little things like that. (laughs) Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I, I was just thinking, uh, I think, I don't know what book it was. Brendan Manning, uh, you know, it was known for spiritual disciplines and he talks about, um, and I, I think maybe he got, he pulls this from, um, I always forget this guy's name. He's, he was a monk. He wrote about like finding, like finding the Lord in all the little things of the day. Like, um, but anyway, Brennan Manning talked a bit about like, like even like we typically think about like our relationship with God and like the really big things that 
occur in our lives, you know, whether it's the yeah. birth of a child or a new relationship or it was St. Mi- Francis, a missions trip, yeah. St. Francis. I'm so, I'm so sorry. Yeah. No, no, no. Like yeah. those big things, but like really our, our, our interaction with the Lord happens all the time. Like when yeah. we take out the trash, when you do the dishes, when, you, you know, like yeah. not to minimize, but like, like the Lord is present in all those little mm-hmm. things. And to, to your point, uh, Sarah, that, that just made me think about that. Yeah. I like, like we, we talked last night on the panel, but just like, it matters because we get to participate with God and he, we, we matter to him. So I just keep thinking about that. Yeah. But, yeah. Um, yeah. So yeah. Gordon, would you give us a little recap of what we, the study is? Recap. Today? Yeah. <laughs> uh, you know, it's, it's, so you guys kind of tackled this on, on the, on YouTube last night, but you know, I, this is the first time I've really taken a deep dive into Ecclesiastes. And I think uh, somebody, somebody mentioned last night and, and maybe it was you, Joe, even this morning before we pressed record, but like, it, it's a very, just sort of like, it feels like it's all over the place. Right. Um, it, it's, you know, it's kind of up and it's down and it's super melancholy. It feels really dark. And, you know, mm-hmm. the idea of futility you really, or at least I do, when I read Ecclesiastes, you really get the sense of futility. That 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 yeah. theme really comes out yeah. strong. And so, as a as an overview, I mean, I think like anybody who's going to attempt to kind of jump into Ecclesiastes and read this, like you, you definitely have to know that it takes a darker tone mm-hmm. than what you're probably used to when you read about the creation story or the mm-hmm. Gospels or mm-hmm. you know the 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 action that goes on in uh, Joshua and Exodus and, you know, those things like this is a very sort of like uh, melancholy type story that, that, but it's not absent that God is not absent in the material and in the, and in the content of Ecclesiastes at all. He, I think in a lot of ways is even pulled out more so in some ways. Uh Um, And that's, that's really what I think I'm, I'm, I'm gleaning initially from jumping into this, Mm-hmm. Um, right off the bat. So, you know, high level, heavy, kind of dark, a little depressing, a little melancholy. <laughs> yeah. 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 Uh, but God is present in all of that. Mm-hmm. I think it's sort of the broad sort of brushstroke I would paint if I were to, if I'm just going to tell you real quick what to expect, yeah. uh, in Ecclesiastes. I would agree. It does seem really dark. And in fact, you sort of can argue that um, you could sort of argue that because both the narrator and the teacher believe in God, it actually makes it somewhat harder for them because Mm. it's, you know, it's one thing to say, you know, like if you're watching a good Marvel movie, the bad guy causes all the problems, right? Right, right. But the teacher looks at it and was like, wait a second. God's causing a lot of these problems. And in fact, he's causing everything. Like he's mm-hmm. the grand mover, if you will, of everything. And so mm-hmm. he's trying to reconcile the fact that there's actually a God in charge of all this horribleness, as opposed to just, well, there's bad guys and there's good guys. And he's like, well, actually, no, God's in charge of even the bad guys. Mm-hmm. That can be, that can be, that can be really hard. That can be really hard. Yeah. Yeah. It's a hard truth to, to accept right off the bat. Yeah. yeah. I'm with you with you uh, yeah life, life is hard and ecclesiastes says <laughs> it's hard because 
God's in control and yeah. he allows yeah. these things to happen. So yeah. Ecclesiastes, Ecclesiastes, I think is, you know, has a lot to do with like, okay, so how do we think about that yeah. in light of that truth? How, how do we think about that and how do we behave? Yeah. Yeah. You're I right. Can, yeah. The subjected, the creation to futility in Romans eight, like we talked last yeah. night, I'm still yeah. blown away. Yeah. Um, yeah. I'm still blown away, yeah. but um, to move that was on. a great catch. I didn't, yeah. I had not thought about that until you said that on the video last night. I was like, Oh wow. Oh my gosh. Yeah. yeah. And I mean, someone, I think Steve had pointed it out like last week and I was like, wow, I'm going to hang yeah. on to that. Um, mm-hmm. yeah. Go yeah. check out Romans eight, everybody. Um, Joe, will you, right. talk? Will you give us a little, I would love to. And I'm, and I I would love to. Uh, And in fact, I might even refer to Romans 8 in just a few seconds. So I can't wait. Each time we're going to look at at least one sort of little nugget in each of these sections. So we have six episodes of this podcast and each episode we'll look at two chapters uh, of Ecclesiastes. So we're looking at chapter one and two right now. And as soon as you pick up Ecclesiastes and you notice it the very first time, uh, it says, the words of the preacher, the son of David, king in Jerusalem. And then verse two, vanity, of vanities, says the preacher. Vanity of vanities. All is vanities. All is vanity. Five times uh, it mentions this vanity word. And if you read Ecclesiastes, you know that's a big word. And so I'm just going to give one Hebrew word right now, which is what that vanity is, is hevel. Um, and it means like, and Gordon already mentioned this, it means like smoke or breath or vapor. It's like a puff of smoke from fire or steam from a pot. Um, it's elusive. It's ephemeral. It's enigmatic. Phil Riken says life is so insubstantial that when we try to get our hands on it, it slips right through our fingers. You know, that's like, that's what it means. It's like life is transitory. It disappears as suddenly as it comes. We are mere breath. I remember jumping out of an airplane many, many years ago. Uh, and I did it not was, know this about you. Oh, I, I have so many stories about it, which I'm not going to go into. I remember being at the edge of an airplane and looking down and all I see is clouds. Mm-hmm. All I see is clouds rolling out and falling and just start falling. And we can talk about that at another time. It's amazing. And I remember falling and I'm seeing this cloud come up and it looks thick. It looks, I can't see anything beyond the cloud. And I'm watching this cloud come barreling towards me, if you will. And it's not like it just disappears, but it, as I got closer, it just it disappeared. You know, <laughs> like as I got closer, it just sort of like became foggy and then became clear again it was just nothing you know that's what life is like life is this nothingness it disappears as suddenly as it comes uh when you know the teacher says vanity of vanities he's partly making a comment on the transience of life he's sort of saying like and i mentioned this in the panel and i just think it's such a great way phil reichen is the one that mentioned this and i really like it breathe in, breathe out. You know, life is, life will, 
pass by just as quickly, you know, Mm -hmm. and that actually can be somewhat encouraging when you think about all the things that, you know, are horrible in life that still, even the horrible things in life don't have substance to them. Ultimately, you know, everything Mm -hmm. is, everything is like this, good things and bad things. Everything is frustrated by futility. You know, I guess the last thing to the last two points I would make about this is, and I think I already already alluded to this, is that, you know, the teacher sees futility orchestrated by God. It's not just God is, you know, he's trying to bring substance to everything, but our sin is ruining what he's trying to do. No, God has a plan. He had a plan. He created everything perfectly with substance, with purpose, with meaning. And then our sin, our rebellion destroyed it. Our sin and our rebellion just uh, removed this meaningfulness to the things that we do in life. And, you know, we see that clearly in the, excuse me, we see that clearly in the, um, the futility of work that happens right after the fall, right? God says, I'm going to put thorns into your work. I'm going to give pain and childbirth because God says, I don't want you to think life is the end all be all. You're now entering a sinful world that you think has substance. No, God's saying, no, don't put your life and hope in this inconsequential thing. Mm -hmm. Um, And so we see that, and Sarah already alluded to that in Romans 8, where the one time this word is mentioned in the New Testament, this word being hevel, this word which is vanity or breath or vapor, uh, Eugene Peterson, he translates it as smoke in the message, which I just think is kind of cool. Smoke, nothing but smoke. Hmm. Um, It's all smoke. Um, But the one time this is in the New Testament through the Septuagint, we don't have to talk about all that New Testaments in Greek, but the word that the Septuagint translated as Greek is used in the New Testament is Romans 8.20, for the creation was subjected to futility, to hevel, to vapor, not willingly, but because of him who subjected it, in hope that the creation itself will be set free from its bondage to corruption and obtain the freedom of the glory of the children of God. You know, the creation was subjected to this meaninglessness because God wants to say, wants to show us sin has done this, but he's redeeming it. He is, Mm. has redeemed it in Christ. And that's what, you know, we shouldn't, you know, lose focus on the meaninglessness of the things we do as long as we're putting meaning in the thing itself. Hmm. Um, yeah. So we're going to talk much more about that as the weeks go on, but, um, there you go. That's what we got for you. That's so Uh, good. Mm. Sorry, Gordon, what were you going to say? No, I, I was just thinking that while you were talking, I was like, especially online, especially on social media, Hmm. like it, the, the push, there is a push out there for people to like grab life by the reins and ride it like a wild horse. Yeah. Like yeah. just make life as grand as you possibly can. Right. You know, it start your own business, be, you know, what, or, right. you mm-hmm. know, uh, climb the ladder, be focused. Like there is this sort of like, just grab life by the hands and just squeeze as much out of it as you can. Yeah. And like, be the best you can to have an, you know, abundant life live, you know, yeah. uh, 
it, and you know, take grand vacations and do all these amazing things. And like, that's what life is about. Hmm. And, you know, Ecclesiastes couldn't be further from the truth you know, yeah. from, from, from that, from you that. know, yeah. <laughs> um, Ecclesiastes says that's so, so futile. Right. Not that it's bad. You should enjoy your life. God's given you a, a life to, to live and to enjoy mm-hmm. and to, mm-hmm. that, to be blessed by him and all mm-hmm. of that. And mm-hmm. there are so many things that are great about life, but to your point, like that you just made, like, it's yeah. not something to hold mm-hmm. on to. And I, I think for yeah. me, like, I definitely, there have been times in my life where I've, I've tried to take that approach, creating life hacks for myself so that life will be abundant. Yeah. Mm-hmm. What, yeah. You know, and right. people can't see me right now, but I'm rolling my <laughs> eyes when I say that. Yeah. 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 People, people use that scripture reference of having an abundant life too. believers using that as <laughs> some sort of like, well, I have an abundant life because I get to spend every summer in Hawaii or something, you know, like, <laughs> no, yeah. no, that's, no, I'm not sure that was the point. Yeah. That's not what Jesus, <laughs> Jesus was, was getting was at. Making. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, not. anyway, but there's anyway. still that pull, like there's still that yeah. pull. You want to see yeah. the actors. I still yeah. wanted to, you know, yeah. get a peek, you know? Yeah. Yeah. It's I, interesting. I told my kids a, a while ago, cause some, one of them was talking about fame and, being Mm -hmm. famous. And I said, I hope and pray none of you ever become famous. Yeah. And like one of my kids in particular was kind of offended by that. Like, why would you not, you're supposed to like encourage, you know, the great (laughs) things I do. I'm like, I want you to be successful. Maybe I want you to be a, you know, even a great filmmaker movie person. Like that would be great. Like a great actor. But if you're trying to pursue fame, that will be bad. Um, right. yeah. Sarah made mention of this. This is like a, a, a quote I just heard this past week that I think is amazing. It's just yeah. as, it related to that is, um, long story short, Albert Brooks, the very famous comedian. He, uh, gosh, what, I mean, I'm blanking on all the things that he's done. Um, and I've never heard of him. So, <laughs> okay, that, that's fine. He, the point. <laughs> uh, very famous actor, uh, comedian. And he was, and someone came up to Albert Brooks and said, Hey, Albert Brooks, like, I want to be, you're great. I love you. I want to be famous. And he stopped him and was like, no, no, you do not want fame. And he said, do you know who Clark Gable is? And this person's like, oh yeah, of course. And he's like, what have you seen Clark Gable in? And the person's like, uh, I don't maybe gone with the winds, maybe, you know, a couple other things. And he's like, Clark Gable was the most famous person in all of America in the entire 20th century. I mean, he was like it from like for six decades. I mean, he was like it from like twenties, thirties, forties, fifties. I mean, it was like Clark Gable was it. And he said, no one cares about Clark Gable today. I mean, we know his name but we don't care about Clark Gable. I don't think about Clark Gable at all. I can't even name some mo- a lot of most of his movies, if not, you know, more than five of his movies mm-hmm. because it's just gone. And if Clark Gable can't get it, like if he can't have lasting fame, then what hope is it for Joe Brown? Like people aren't going to remember Clark Gable in a hundred years. People aren't yeah. going to remember Joe Brown in 20 years after his death, you know, that type of thing. Yeah. Um, it's just, yeah, shocking. If it if well, Clark Gable can't get it, we can't get it. Well, and I mean, just uh, modern re- Brad Pitt, modern reference. 
Yeah. Can you name the last movie he was in? Nope. No. See, you couldn't because <laughs> the last movie he did was called Ad Astra. It's on oh yeah Amazon or Netflix, and I did not like that I, movie. Yeah, I didn't see it. But he's somebody that has – I mean people know who he is, but it's like not like Clark yeah. Gable. You know, like – Yeah. And to your – like Albert Brooks, my goodness. I was I, – I knew who he was immediately. Yeah. But I didn't. So I, I pulled him up. I just – this guy, Sarah, Albert Brooks has been in so many mm-hmm. movies. He has a resume of movies and TV shows like you would not believe, but he is not a Brad Pitt, nor is he a Clark Gable. Right. 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 Uh, Comedians think highly of Albert Brooks. Right. But just to the common person, like he's just been, he's been in Finding Nemo. He's been a voice. Yeah. He he was Marlin in Finding Nemo. Uh, Yeah. He was Marlin. And he was also in Taxi. He was in Taxi Driver. Yeah. Right. But like that's, but this is like the stuff of like, I mean, you could talk about trends. I mean, I mm-hmm. I love trends. Like, I I like repent that I love trends sometimes. Yeah. <laughs> like, what? Like, yeah. why do why do I love trends so much? Like, whether it yeah. be clothes or whatever, like the things that I can get into. Like, really, I know that it's vanity. Like, it's it really mm-hmm. is a puff and like, and but I can still fall prey to that. You know what I mean? Right. And mm-hmm. um, and I like had this whole thing about fashion a couple of years ago. I was like, why do we care so much about clothes? Like. And anyway, so yeah, yeah. It, it, it's interesting just to think about that in the, like, actually, it's kind of fun to dress up and, like, choose colors and these kind of things and express yourself in that way. But if it's your whole identity, which I think is where, where Ecclesiastes is getting to, is, like, is, are we making these things our idols? Mm-hmm. I mean, let's just yeah. get to that point. And yeah, are right. they, because the things that we're chasing after and feeding after and trying to appease to, to you know, in our own hearts, those are the things they'll never satisfy not any of them, whether it's fame or fashion or uh, work or whatever, you know, whatever we're putting or we're feeding. If it's not, if it's not, um, if our direction isn't towards God and and seeking him and his will, we're never going to be content in this life. And, and that's refreshing that everything will lead to this vapor if it's not God, right? Like it's actually, it's his plan. Like he subjected it to futility. So we would find him in the end. I, you know, like yeah. <laughs> nothing yeah. will satisfy. Where do I yeah. go? Oh, the one yeah. substance, the one thing, the one person who has the answers, yeah. who has substance, you know? Um, so, I mean, thinking about that, I, I was thinking, I don't know if you guys, this is kind of a question, but it's kind of an idea. Like I was thinking about the creation story is um, like, he talks about, the sun, you know, the, the, he's created, I mean, he's created time before the fall. So mm-hmm. what does that look like? I mean, what does that say to us that he's created time and then the fall happens, but like, it's so refreshing to know that there is time and there's all these times like the poem yeah. is going yeah. through. I don't know if that, did, did that, do you have any thoughts about what I'm saying? Help me out. <laughs> No, I, I think yeah. I, I think I understand what you're saying. I mean, there is this, you know, all we are all 4D individuals. 4D would be the a 3D individual moving through time. That's the fourth dimension. Like time right. itself is part of God's creation. Like right. He is above time itself. And I, I hadn't thought about it, Sarah. That's interesting to think about. Like when I look at that poem in in chapter three that we read at the top, was it, I look at the different seasons, the different times. But you're looking at, at least right in this moment, looking at, oh, what does time itself mean? Right. Um, 
you know, what does it mean that there is a season of things that, you know, for, for our Trinitarian God, he is forever and always holy and perfect and, uh, and beyond time, outside of time. But he loved us enough to put us into time. Like time was created before the fall. So he knew that we were set up for to be in seasons. Like I, I, I believe that even before the fall, there were different seasons, different times, right? I mean, Adam and Eve would have, and their progeny, they would have lived in a time with hypothetically, if there was no sin, they still would have seen seasons in the creation. They still would have seen changes in their life and in their relationships, not tainted by sin, of course, but still changes. And I'm sort of jumping in on your ramblingness, Sarah. I just, I love it. I, I think this is a, it's pretty cool to think that God, that time itself is actually a good thing. That yeah. seasons, the change of seasons is a good thing. Um, and I can only take that from the fact that God created time before the fall. So anything done before the fall is in and of itself a good thing. Now, sin has ruined it. Sin has distorted it. But the fact that, you know, we go through seasons, go through time, that's a, that's a really, that's a good blessing to us. Um, yeah. and, that's, and the, the futility of those seasons now, you know, right. it, it's the, the mm. if you take those seasons and the good, the good things and the bad things that happen in life, the boring mm. things mm-hmm. that happen in between those good things and bad things. It's yeah. like, those are meant for us, mm-hmm. you know, yeah. those yeah. are meant for us for his glory yeah. ultimately. Yeah. yeah. And Amen. that's, um, I don't know. That's a really cool way of thinking about life um, under the sun and thinking about life beyond the sun. Yeah. yeah. As, Joe, as Joe talked about last night, I, that was, that was profound for me in thinking about Ecclesiastes that, yeah. you know, a, a life lived under the sun with, with just yeah. that, like yeah. how terrible. We'll, we'll talk more about under the sun next yeah, episode. Yeah. yeah oh, we yeah. will. Okay. Cause yeah, I was about to talk yeah. more, but that's good. Cause it's like, <laughs> it, well, just thinking through the eternal perspective, uh, mm-hmm. like, yeah, oh, like one day. Anyways, we can talk about that next time. But, mm-hmm. um, so, okay. This morning talking about timing, I have a devotional that I go through uh, new morning mercies and yeah. then I like, go through the script, like the suggested scriptures of it. It's a good and, one. Oh my gosh. I was like, this is perfect so um (laughs) it said it was basically talking about um we kind of have a modern case of he called it evangelical schizophrenia in this way that we um we declare that we believe in forever yet we live as 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 if this is all there is and there's this like really functional contradiction between um you know what we say we believe in our belief system and our daily living and so then he like goes to first Corinthians 15 and I was just like, yeah, this, I mean, I know it's not the same word with this because I can't say that word. <laughs> like, but the word futility in English is or futile is a futile is there. Futile. Blah, blah, futile. I, I mean, basically Paul in first Corinthians is talking to him and saying like, if Christ 
is proclaimed as raised from the dead, how can some of you say that there's no resurrection of the dead? And then he goes on and he says, you know, if it's not true that he was raised from the dead, then like all this is meaningless. Like this whole thing that we're doing, being the church, being, having faith is, is meaningless. So like thinking through that, what are some things that you are feeling like you're, you have a lived out belief that's looking different than your belief system? <laughs> like this week, what are some things that are feeling um, maybe that little bit of that evangelical schizophrenia that he's talking about? <laughs> right. Um, the, the, the question being, wh- where am I, my lived out beliefs is different than my, what I know to be true. Is that, yes. is that that's what you're saying? Yeah. Cause that's uh, where, that's where it gets like, oof. I mean the, the ease, I see this every day, every day yeah. in myself is I have devotions with the Lord every morning. Sometimes they're longer than others. Sometimes they're just a, a quick Jesus help me as I run to my car. Yeah. Uh, I consider that devotion. Uh, usually it's a bit longer than that. And, you know, I have a sweet time with my savior and I, I treasure that and it's lovely. And I mean, it's within seconds after I stand up that I'm just a grump and angry at everybody and anybody I see. And I, I'm, I know it like as I'm doing it, as I'm like being really mean to one of my kids, I'm like, what? I just talk to a savior that forgives me and the spirit that groans inside of me that helps me. And I'm, Mm. I'm just that terrible, miserly, unforgiven servant or forgiven servant who's not forgiving others. I mean, that's Mm -hmm. me. Like I'm, I'm that guy. So that I I see that every day. I can jump on that from that same, that same line of thinking, but for me too, like I spent all 2020, like stressing and being anxious uh, about, work and getting new business in. And then right at the very end of the year, the Lord blesses me with some, uh, some really good business opportunities, some new connections that have turned into some new business for this year. And where am I stressing about the next six months, Yeah, yeah. Uh, stressing, feeling anxious, anxiety over uh, work, career, career change. What would that look like at my age? Like, uh, you know, I'm like, really? Come on. Yeah. <laughs> like, the, like God has proven time and time again, like mm-hmm. that my anxiety and my stress about these things are just, they're meaningless because yeah. God is in control. God has the power. Yeah. The Lord right. knows the good works he has for me. Um, mm-hmm. and I so often fall off. I so quickly fall off the train and find myself looking around like, what, what am I doing? What's happening? You know? Mm-hmm. And uh, that's, that's a painful reality every like on a daily basis, and I, I just I constantly have to be like, no, yeah, constantly having to like try to reframe my thinking. Yeah, uh, it's so frustrating. Um, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, I relate so much with both of you guys. Yeah, I think it was it was really encouraging because that that passage in First Corinthians goes on to say like the last enemy. Uh, the last enemy to be destroyed is death. And I am so afraid of death. I've been really mm-hmm. wake, woken, awoken to that. Like not even yeah. my death, just like, like when I think of all my things that end 
like all my fears, it ends in death. And I like, oh, that's the thing that I actually have freedom and like life, you know, yeah. and he's, de- he's defeated and he's going to, you know, make all things right someday. Mm-hmm. Like all the things are going to, and I get access to that right now and not believing that. And the other thing is, I was thinking about the Matthew 26 when I was talking about the woman um, kind of quote unquote, being wasteful and how Jesus says that's a beautiful thing. I, I mean, I'm an artist and I, and I love, um, sharing Jesus with people and I love working with teens and like these kind of things. But in the, in the eyes of the world, I am like doing foolish things, right? Mm-hmm. Like, like what, what are you doing with your degree with what you have been given? Like all these resources, all these things. And, um, it's so interesting because I can be so tempted to be like, I need to make a name for myself. I need to prove myself. I need to put this stuff on the resume or whatever it is. Yeah. Um, all the time I can go, I can go like back and forth and it's just like, Lord, will you help me um, be a fool for Christ? Right. Like right. <laughs> help me um, because it's just not going to look, it's yeah. not going to look like it's not gonna make sense to everybody and that's okay. Um, yeah. The other thing that I've been thinking about this week, and maybe I can talk more as I'm processing next week, but um, how I was reading through Genesis and how Abraham, it says like in Abraham, everyone will be blessed, like the future generations. And I was thinking about that. Like, that's like the first time it says like in somebody, but like how we're going to be in Christ. Right. And, um, it was like a foreshadowing of like right. in Abraham and his offspring, which is going right. to be in Christ. We get to, we get to abide. Right. And so, um, but that inherently is is like living inside of a blessing. Like we are blessed people. And I think blessed is one of those words that gets used all the time that it's like, oh, fill that yeah. word for me this week. And God is doing yeah. that because I'm like, how can I be a blessing? Like, a tr- like truly like live in blessing because that's where I get to come out of. So it's like, but as right. soon as I think that, then my family texts me and I'm just like, ah, like right. I immediately grumble or like want to be defensive or um or whatever and it's like oh how do i what am i not believing about myself that i feel like i have to defend myself yeah Yeah. (laughs) and i think that i'm not believing that i'm truly blessed and um so that's my biggest like thing there um but i think we're running out of time (laughs) which we like to talk so it's good (laughs) um we'll be back next week for sure I don't know. Was there any final thoughts before we pray that you guys are thinking about? I I, I, I think we could spend hours uh, unpacking a lot of what we just, oh, I think the three of us just <laughs> vomited some great nuggets of truth that yeah. each of those nuggets we could spend hours on. Like, yeah. I'm just thinking of what, yeah. I, I don't, yeah totally. Yeah. Because this is such a, re- a relatable book. That's what's so great about Ecclesiastes. Yeah. Like, I think yeah. we mentioned this last night, like Proverbs is true because it gives us an insight into the way God wants the world to be. Uh, and also Ecclesiastes is true because it's the way the world is. And mm-hmm. the teacher or preacher, he's like faithfully looking at the world and saying, all of this stuff is true and it, and this world under the sun is meaningless. And mm-hmm. like, that's, I think that's a faithful thing for us to look at. Like, yeah, all the stuff that we are all pursuing is 
meaningless. We need some help. We need some external help. And praise the Lord in the gospel, we have that mm. external help in yeah. Jesus. Um, mm. Otherwise, we're lost. And yeah. uh, that yeah, would be... Give- yeah. Give us that eternal perspective. Yeah. That, yeah. And this is one yeah. of those books too, that I feel like, uh, you know, when, when folks are like, Oh, the Bible's not true. I'm like, uh, this book is true because <laughs> there were people who were writing books like this Yeah, in the Holy Bible. Yeah. Yeah. In the Holy scriptures, like yeah. you find tough, hard truths about life here. If, yep. if, I mean, he could have been, he kind of could have gone in a completely different direction if all he wanted to do was manipulate you. <laughs> right. Right. <laughs> Not right. like right. this. Yeah. Uh, right. But super and relatable. He, and that he chose a, like a poetic, like there's a poem, right? Yeah. Like we get to, we get story. to kind of, yeah, yes. the story. It's not just reason. There's this beauty, the mystery of that. I mean, I could go on and on about poetry, but it's so cool that it exists. Yeah. 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 Agreed. Agreed. <laughs> Well, how about I take us out with a prayer? Thank you. That'd be great. All right. Uh, Lord Jesus, thank you so much for uh, your word. Thank you for uh, the truth of Ecclesiastes and a reminder to us all that um, while life is good and you have provided for us in life, uh, that we are not to hold on to it or make it an idol. And I pray that if um, uh, we or anyone else are making idols out of things in our lives that uh, you would remove those things and that uh, we would see the, the glory of the father and the richness of his son and the spirit in our lives. And I pray that you would bless um, us and everyone listening to this uh, today, the remainder of the day in Jesus holy name. Amen. Amen. Thanks guys. Yeah. Right. See you next week. See ya.